0: Yeah, it really is kind of definitely different scenarios for both guys, but yeah, unique. And you wouldn't have guessed it at the beginning of the year, but uh, I think you're right to say I think Dane Evans has grown out of the backup title. I think I, I thought last week his performance in the Eastern Final, and I said this earlier, like the, the when I saw him playing earlier in the summer, he looked like a first time starter, a little bit less sure of himself, making some you know t- and untimely mistakes. In the East final last week, he looked sharp. He's stepping into throws, drilling it. And it was good to see that on the other side of the ball from Zach Caleros, too. Like, uh, we'd seen it's been kind of a weird run for him the last year and a half. Injuries, shoot, not knowing if are we ever going to see Zach Caleros play again. And here he is, the starting quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, like uh, who'd have guessed it. And he's lining up against a team that
1: he had some good ups and some downs against. So it makes for great storylines for the quarterbacks. Worst situation for Hamilton, a team that's built to win and your starting quarterback goes down in the first third of the year. They didn't miss a beat, though, with Evans. And I think that you talked about how well he's played at the end of the year, but he stepped right in and played well. He did, and yeah, I, it was so disheartening for
0: for me and all, all of the CFL to, to lose a guy like Jeremiah Masoli, who's just d- become one of the premier pl- players in the league, right, and was up for MOP last year and all that. So, yeah, I think everybody kind of went, ah, what does this mean for Hamilton? It, and I think they were excited about Dane Evans, and they knew they had him in the works, but you never really know until a guy gets handed the, the keys like that. So what I thought I thought the and I you know I'd said this earlier in the week I thought the organization the the offensive play calling defense special teams everybody stepped up to support him really well in those first couple starts cuz there were times where it was a little bit shaky there was a game at BC Place that I took in in the summer where I think it was a 13 to 10 yeah. where Hamilton was not the Hamilton that we're seeing of late, uh, but he grew through those moments. Everybody supported him, lifted him up, and he's he's played at a, an elite level. So I think he's rewarded the club for their little bit of patience with him and, uh, and their guidance. So it's it's really been
1: cool to see him grow up. Zach Colares, you touched on him a little, bit. I think the, everybody in the league cheering for him when he came back because it's been such a difficult process—not just this year, especially this year, but in years past with injuries. Even going back to I think it was 2015 when he right. hurt the knees. He's had a—he's a guy who hasn't got a lot of good breaks in his career.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, I know I can relate to Zach's story a lot, and we—you um, we, know—we we share some mutual connections. So I've I've had a chance to talk with Zach here and there, um, and even even hearing from from those people along the way. Like I didn't know what was going to come of. Zach. Obviously, I was never inside his head, but I know it's tough going through those injuries and the things that you're thinking about, and especially with him having some some head injuries, I know there was a lot uh, a lot of things to take into consideration. For a guy, like you said, in that 2015 season, he was probably the runaway MOP candidate before he went down with an ACL, and so, um, so yeah, so for him, I know he's being really stoic and downplaying it, and it's bigger than him, and it's about the week, but... We know this is a cool moment for Zach. I know I know what it's like to come back from an injury and, and to be back out on the field and to be playing well again and respected by your peers and teammates and that's
1: that's an exciting thing and clearly he's exactly what Winnipeg needed at the right time. And he's their third starting quarterback, which is another thing that you don't see. I think the Eskimos in 2015 would have been the last team to have three quarterbacks start a game during the regular season and get to the Grey Cup game. That's tough to do too. A lot of adversity around that Winnipeg team because of it.
0: There really is. And I think that speaks to how unified Winnipeg's locker room is. Uh, And you've heard good things over the years about um, the way those guys are tight, the way O'Shea kind of handles his group. And I think this year is a perfect example of that because it would have been easy for those guys to. And, and, and frankly, it, it started to happen, but the way they pulled themselves back together because they were, I think they were seven and two when when Matt Nichols went down, and you know now it was Chris Trevler time, and he was finding his way, and they had to kind of shift their offense, and you know they had a, a bit of a losing spell for, the, you know the last whatever it was seven eight weeks of the season, and but they really tightened up at the end. Obviously, have looked really good in two road playoff games, and you
1: just can't do that if you don't have a unified room. How's the year been for you? Your first year after retirement, tough for you to, because you kind of you want to be around the game, but that probably was tough for you to be around the game and be so close to everybody in Vancouver. Yeah,
0: you know, it it probably worked for the better for me for the most part. Uh, I, I, when the season started, I kind of validated my decision to have retired. Like I knew I was done. I didn't. I didn't feel the urge to be out on the field. That being said, I was still working for the organization and around the football team. So I still maintained some of those relationships that I had with the guys in the locker room and the coaching staff. Uh, being able to, you know, promote the club, sell the club, something that I, I, I care a lot about, and to be in the community, and kind of uh, see how can I help this organization through a completely different lens, uh, was it was it was fun and rewarding for me. You know, obviously the uh, the Lions had a tough year but that happens in pro football you 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 know that's part of the deal when you're in pro sports um, so i you know you know for me on a personal level I had a I had a good rewarding year even though it wasn't a great year in the win column for the Lions. Who are you calling on Sunday? This I, I love this matchup because the last few years it's been closer to like you know Calgary has seemed like a heavy favorite so it's always been like uh, the underdog they can win but they got to do X, Y, and Z. Now this is more this is closer to a 50-50 game to me and uh, I'm just gonna default to the fact that Hamilton was 15-3 in the regular season. They were probably the best team throughout. Uh, So I'm, I'm giving them a slight edge in this game on Sunday. Travis, appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Appreciate it.